Once upon a time, there was a further dog. And just in case that this is the first dog that I've mentioned on this episode, it's a further dog further to the one in the previous episode. In fact, I think there was more than one dog in the previous episode. Was there? Probably is. We covered a whole world here. The whole world has more than one dog. Old school listeners may be worried that the dogs are taking over this program. But no, don't panic. Uh, every episode we have at least two one, two cats walk into a bar stories. But nowadays we also have the occasional once upon a time there was a dog. A dog. A dog. Basically a dog. I start stories like that a lot lately. But you'll notice one thing about that. It's usually only one dog. So if you have one dog story to every two cats walk into a bar story, that's still uh, two to one. So it's still 66% of the, the global population as presented in this podcast is cats. And the other 33 and a third percent is dogs. So I think we're doing okay here. Now I'm well aware that that's not how the real world is. The population of the real world, uh, at least in the animal kingdom, is exactly 50% cats and exactly 50% dogs. And of the cats, half of those, so that would be 25% of the world population is female cats. And the other half are male cats, uh, unless you count as a few, as one or two percent who prefer not to say uh, which is perfectly fine with me. And then the dog community, of course, you have uh, split between the dogs as well. The dogs are split right down the middle. It's like as if someone came along with a saw and said, hello, hold on a minute there, dog. Stay still for a minute. I'm going to slice you down the middle and the dog population of this world will be exactly 50% male dogs and 50% absolute Bitches. That's what they call female dogs. They call them absolute bitches. Uh, now, I don't condone that. I don't think that's appropriate, but they do. You hear people all the time, they go, oh, she's a lovely bitch. She's a lovely bitch. She goes out and has the crap on the road. And then sometimes I clean her up. And then sometimes, well, I always clean her up as far as you're concerned, because uh, I don't let you see me not cleaning her up. And they say, oh, she's a right bitch, all right. She's a dog. She's a bitch. And you're supposed to think, oh, is he talking about his dog? He's supposed to say, you're probably thinking, uh, is he talking about his dog? Oh, 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 that's a little joke for you. A little joke for you. Oh, that's a fucking disgusting joke. You should be ashamed of yourself. And frankly, I'm glad you're not a cat owner. You don't belong anywhere near cats. You go off with your dog there now. Your dog that you're calling a bitch. It's probably a perfectly, it's probably a perfectly acceptable, reasonable dog. And yet you call it a bitch. If you're a dog lover, if you think a perfectly reasonable dog is a bitch, then what do you think of the, oh, what do you think of the slightly more troublesome ones? That's what I'm wondering. You probably go around calling them Hitler. You say, this dog, I have two dogs now. One of them is a bitch. She's great. She's a great little bitch, this dog. And then my other dog, oh, my other dog is a little bit troublesome. So I call him Hitler. My other dog is called Hitler. He's a cocker spaniel. He's not a bitch, though. Excellent. There is a question for you. If you have a, a female dog and it's troublesome, do you say, oh, it's a bitch. It's one of the worst bitches I've ever had. It's not one of the nice bitches. Because uh, most bitches in the dog world are perfectly fine. They're perfectly acceptable, perfectly reasonable dogs. Uh, but if you get a dog who's a... Oh, most of the... If you get a dog who's a bitch, that's fine. But what if you get a dog who's a bitch and who's also Hitler? That's a problem for you. But to be fair, if you had a, have a dog who's Hitler who's not a bitch, uh, then that's that's as bad. That's just as bad. 
I said, maybe you should drop the bitch terminology. I'm just saying that. That's what you should do. Oh, I seem to be absentmindedly eating a Fredo bar here that was on the, uh, on the guest bed. And I don't know where it's come from. I suspect maybe my, my family were home for a funeral a few months ago and they left it on the bed. He said, oh, we're back in Ireland for for a few days. First thing we do when we're back in Ireland is get a fucking Freddo bar. Children's chocolate bar. They've gone to shit. It's absolutely disgusting. It's melted. I suspect my cats have been sleeping on it. Well, don't worry. They didn't open it or anything. They just squashed it down a bit. Uh, or maybe I sat on it. I don't know. It's been there for a week. Hmm. Uh, that's the thing with the... Hmm. With the bitches. Uh, I'm very sorry about this. I don't normally eat on the podcast. Normally, I think people who eat on podcasts are absolute, uh, absolute arseholes. You should be hunted down, uh, hunted down and given a, a little note. Uh, well, don't hand us straight. That's the problem with these people. Both the people who eat on podcasts and the people who let their dogs shit on the street without cleaning it up. You can't, it's not like with cars. Because with cars, you can just wait till they're gone and then you go and leave a note on their car. You can't leave a note on their dog. Wait till the owner is gone. Unless you suppose you could hide in some bushes and tempt the dog over with some sausage meat and say, oh, hang on a minute, dog. I just want to pin this to the back of your neck. It's a note saying, hello, uh, your dog is an absolute cunt. It's after shitting all over the place and you haven't cleaned it up. And of course, you're going to look pretty stupid then if he... If he takes out a bag just after that, uh, after the dog goes back to him and he cleans it up, and if he was going to do that all along, then you'll just end up looking unreasonable. So no, that's no. That's the problem with these dogs and with the... Uh, oh, what was the other thing? Ah, oh, you know the other thing. The other thing. Whatever the other thing was. Uh, point is, if you don't have a car that you can pin the nose to in the person's absence and uh, have a one one level of separation between you and the actual driver, then that's the problem. Uh, now, of course, with cats it's different because the cat will just go off out on its own. You don't bring your cat for a walk unless you're one of those you Americans probably do. You Americans bring your cats for walks. You say, hello, cat with a stupid name. I'm going to bring you out for a walk now. Here's your leash. I'm going to attach you using a leash. I'm not going to hold the leash in my hands. I'm going to, you're going to, it's going to be a hands-free cat walking exercise today. I've got a new leash I'm going to try out. And yeah, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to attach the leash to a lapel badge on my oh on my thing and then it'll say the lapel badge will have a picture of you my cat and it'll identify you by name and type so if people want to know what type of cat i have they can just come up and look it up there of course the reason you do that is because it's it would be cruel to stick a lapel badge to an actual cat uh, for one thing for another, it's not like the cat is attending a conference. It's going for a walk in the park with his owner on a leash. It shouldn't have to identify itself to everyone. Uh, but no, if anyone's interested, they, they see the leash. They can just follow the leash, uh, pick up the leash like they're picking up a scent of the human owner, and they'll follow the leash over until they find you, and the leash will end a lapel badge that's on your lapel, wherever you call it. And it'll be like a thing that you wear to a conference, saying who you are, what company you're with, uh, what you're selling, a photograph of you, so the people who are looking at you know what they look like. Because that's... The <coughs> Any kind of conference like that, uh, when you turn up, you're expected to have a photograph of yourself attached to your lapel so people know what you look like. Think of, well, that'd be, I find that 
Uh, I'm actually, now that you mentioned it, I might find a useful role. Are you still in the world of office jobbery? Uh, if I were to attend a conference today, because uh, I can't really see faces anymore. So if I can't see your face, but you have a picture of yourself attached to your lapel, uh, maybe I could use that in some way. If you have a, I suppose it might be more useful to have a, uh, one of those codes that you scan with your phone and you put her on your, don't put her on your lapel, put her photo on your lapel, but put one of those codes that you scan with your phone, put that on your forehead or something, and then I can point that at you and it'll direct me to a thing on the internet and it'll show me a picture of you on my phone, because I can see that. I can look at a picture of you on my phone, that's perfectly fine. But I can't look at a picture of you on your lapel on your chest. And I can't look at a, at a picture of you that's actually your face and not a picture at all. I suppose, I suppose your real face in real life uh, is the most realistic picture you're ever going to have of your face. It's the it's the ultimate picture. I keep everything that I was trying to say that that's not a picture, but it is. It's the it's the most maximum picture you can make. If you bring up this is why people they go on about these painters who, who do all these. Oh, they go, here's a landscape. Uh, oh, I painted a landscape. And then you go out and see the actual landscape that they painted. And uh, you'll say, oh, this is a much better... What you should be saying then is, this is a much better painting than the thing you did with paint. This is a real painting, painted by Mother Nature using air and uh, whatever. Maybe watercolours if it's a wet day or whatever Mother Nature uses. Uh, Mother Nature uses fucking H2O and chemicals and elements of the periodic table or whatever. And I can tell you that some painter will tell you, oh, you're a, you're a philistine. You're a philistine. This is one of the greatest paintings known to humanity. Van Gogh painted it. There was a painting of someone's face, but uh, it happens to look like a rock somewhere in Italy. And everyone thinks, oh, it's his, his one foray into landscape artery. Uh, people, then people go and visit the actual landscape that's supposed to be a painting of. And they say, oh, this looks much better in real life but they won't take the extra step that I've done of saying that the real-life landscape is actually a painting. It's actually a perfect painting. I suppose in a way it's like a photograph. It's even better than a photograph. That's what it is. If a painting is quite close to reality, done right, and the photo is much closer to the reality because it's a... Well, it's a snapshot taken electronically, so that's a nearly as close as you can get to the real thing. Then the real thing is even closer, surely. The real thing is even better than the photo. But no, people will say, it's a painting. The painting is much better. It is not. It is not. Unless it's a painting of a painting, I suppose. Well, that'd be like, oh, that'd be like one of those things that I used to think was hilarious in the old days. I'd make an album art cover for one of my podcasts and it would be a picture of a cat. Uh, but then the picture of a cat would be on the screen of an, I an iPod. Because uh, I had an iPod in those days. I took a picture of my iPod showing the episode uh, with a picture of the cat on an iPod on the picture on the screen of an iPod. Uh, and it went down several levels, and that was the picture as my album art. Oh, I thought that was hilarious in those days. It wasn't even original. My father had a copy of the Les Dawson joke books in the 1980s, and on the cover it was a picture of British comedian Les Dawson, a pug-faced British comedian Les Dawson, uh, known for his mother-in-law jokes. 
were also known somehow for thinking his mother-in-law was great and being very pro-women. Uh, his joke book is called The Les Dawson Joke Book and on the forehead there's a picture of him holding the holding the joke book that he's on the cover of and you can see the cover. I was fascinated by this as a child. You, see, you look at the cover of the of the book and there's Les Dawson himself again and he's holding the book again and on that book there's Les Dawson again. In fact, but it's not another Les Dawson. It's the same Les Dawson, uh, just less real because it's a photo of a photo. Oh, no, wait. Now, wait a minute. Because if he's, say you're four levels down, you're looking four levels down, you've got in with a magnet magnifying glass and you're looking at you're looking at the picture of Les Dawson on the cover of his book being held by Les Dawson on the cover of his book being held by a picture of Les Dawson on the cover of his book surely the, the outside one then where that's just him and it's on your actual book that you're holding that's the closest to reality you can get uh, it's as far away from the foho. It's still a foho, granted, but it's, nearly, it's as far away as you're going to get in that. People think it goes the other way. Uh, you look deep down into that, and if you go on far enough, you'll get into reality. You'll be in this. You will not. For one thing, he's about 20 years dead. He's as dead as a doornail. Uh, he's not only. He was the... He was about the second presenter of Blankety Blank and the third presenter is dead now already. So he's about, he's a generation dead by now. Ah, uh, so no. Uh, anyway, that's... I looked up the Les Dawson joke book on the internet recently, by the way. And there's, a diff, there's a different cover now, so don't bother trying to look it up. They changed the cover. They said, oh, you can't have to... You have to reissue these books with a new cover. You can't just... Oh, you can't just fucking... Because people are going to judge it by its cover. I think that, that's what they think, and they're right about that. I'm judging it by its cover. Although I'm not really. I'm judging the cover... And I'm judging the art of photography. Ah, but he was probably just doing it as a joke, to be fair. He's all, I'm a comedian, and this is a joke book. Uh, to be fair, it was called the Les Dawson joke book, and he was Les Dawson, and he presumably wrote it. So it was a joke book. So I suppose it's fair that it would be somewhat of a joke. Well, that's not to say that he invented the concept of photography. No, wait. What was I going to say? Oh, I can't say. I have a point there, but I don't know how to how to put it properly. Uh, certainly not with this toothache. I've got a toothache at the moment. Uh, it's fucking uh, cunting, fucking cunting toothache. That's what it is. That's the only way you describe a toothache. It's a fucking cunting, fucking toothache. Although it's not too bad at the moment. I'm drugged up. I've taken heroin and cocaine. Uh, and what else have I taken? Oh, I've had a... Uh, I probably shouldn't have. I had one of these caramel. Did I mention the caramel bar thing? Oh, that was what I was trying to remember when I was saying about the... Ah, oh, because when you go up and you tell someone about their dog shitting, you can't just leave a note on their car because their dog isn't a car. And I was trying to think what was the other thing that that was related to. And there was the bars. You can't just go... You can't just go up to someone and say, oh, no, wait, that's not. No, never mind that. Delete that last bit. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, so anyway, that's the, that's the position with the Les Dawson joke book and my toothache. I've got a toothache. That's what it is. Uh, 
Uh, frankly, I could do without us. I could do without. I could do this without us. I could do it with us as well. Uh, but I could do. All I'm saying is, I could do it without us. In fact, I could probably do this. I could do this without a car, or without a copy of the Les Dawson joke book, or without this pot. There's a huge ham pot on the bed here. I could do. I could do without this as well. Uh, that's not to say I have any problem with it. Uh, it's a gigantic ham pot that I took down from the attic for Christmas. Uh, we threw a pot of ham into it and gave it to the fucking cats because that's what it's for. That's what a joint ham pot is for. You fill it up with ham and you give it to your cat. I remember one day, uh, first time I bought this pot a few years ago. Oh, we went out. We got, I cooked it at home the night before. Then on Christmas morning, we got into the car with the oh, with the nice cooked ham in the back and stopped off at a local school where there was four stray cats and gave them ham, gave them a feed of Christmas morning ham out of the out of the back of the car and then brought the rest of the ham to where we were going for Christmas. That's why we prioritise things. Oh, well, yes, I suppose. Anyway, I could do without that. I could also do without, uh, oh, whatever this is. A thing I've already mentioned, so it's not even of use to me. Uh, fucking Fredo Bar. Did I already mention that or was that a deleted segment? I don't know. It is now. Uh, I could do without, I could do without this bottle of coke over here uh well, i don't want to do without it i, don't, I want to keep continue to drink that i could do without this fucking chest of drawers here that's got a missing drawer uh although how did you mention this uh i could take out that top drawer and move it down a bit then i could use the top of the chest of drawers as a thing to clamp this microphone standing to and then I wouldn't be knocking against it every time I reached out to this trolley here like this. Every time I reached out to the recording trolley like this and start slamming it with my hand like this, uh, that affects the recording quality because the microphone stand is attached to that. So if I do this, yeah, this is a big problem there. I don't know. Uh, if I do this, it's even worse. If I do this, look, I think that's just... That's a, is that a quality issue? I don't know. I don't think it is. I'm not sure. I think it's just the fact that it's... Uh, I don't know. It's the fact that it's I don't know. That's what it is. Anyway. Into your head. thinking there you're thinking oh that lapel badge idea is very interesting that's what you're thinking you're thinking he's saying if i understand correctly i'm not sure because he was talking to a toothache uh and uh Oh, a Fredo bar for some reason. Uh, but I think he was suggesting uh, that because uh, the whole concept of putting a picture of yourself on your lapel is ridiculous, uh, that you should somehow have a... Oh, I don't know. I think he said you should put a QR code on your forehead or something and then you scan, scan that with your phone so he can look at me on my, his phone instead of on the card. Uh that's what you're thinking and you're thinking oh wait a minute though uh, you're thinking why would you do that and then you're thinking oh i suppose you could find out by listening to the rest of that segment uh, it's about 20 minutes long that segment it ranges from oh it ranges from everything to to dogs being bitches to dogs being hitler uh to a quarter of the population being bitches oh now that's funny you should mention that i didn't 
I didn't make that connection. Uh, I nearly, I nearly got there. Uh, I was saying earlier that uh, in in this world where the dogs and the cats are half cut halfway down the middle in real life, but on the podcast we have the, the two cats walk into a bar stories all the time. Uh, but I also have the once upon a time there was a dog, a dog, a dog, basically a dog stories as well. But the dog stories invariably they usually have one dog and the cat stories have two cats even though one of the cats isn't usually very involved in the conversation up at the bar uh so it's all hermetically uh, two to one ratio in the in the cat dog population in the world in the fictional world of this podcast. Uh, but I was trying to explain that in the real world, it's not that's not what the real world is at all. In the real world, the cats and dogs are pretty much cut halfway down the middle. So half of the population is cats in the real world. Half the population is dogs, even if they don't go into bars and pairs like cats do. Half the population is still cats that's a reasonable assumption anyway and half of the dogs are male dogs and half of the dogs are bitches uh, which are making me a quarter a quarter of the population in the real world is bitches uh now well then i went on about the hitler thing and because some uh some dogs dog owners call them bitches but it's not meant as a derogatory term usually it's usually Bitches who are dogs are perfectly fine, or they're as fine as any other segment of the population. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, like in any other segment of the population. Well, for example, in the segment of the population uh, that are uh, Mother Teresa, some Mother Teresas are perfectly decent, fine, well-meaning people, and some Mother Teresas are absolute cunts. And it's the same with dogs who are bitches, uh, who happen to be called bitches because that's the name their the dog community gives to them because uh, of their... Oh, because of their genitals or something. Uh, but no, in, in the in the bitch segment of the dog community, which is 50% of the dogs in the real world, and dogs being 50% of the dog and cat's world, so it's quarter percent, quarter percent of the world's population are bitches. But the point is, some of those bitches are perfectly fine, ordinary, just as good as any other dog or cat or human. Uh, some of them are better than any dog or cat or human and some of them just like any other part of the community some of them are absolute hitlers so there's some absolute hitlers in the bitch part of the community because they're all called bitches you don't know which ones are hitler until someone points it out i suppose the owner might is the owner going to point out and say oh my dog is a hitler no he'll say that my dog is a bitch but only because he doesn't see that as derogatory he's not going to say the hitler he's not going to say that bitch there is a Hitler. He is not. Especially not in the dog community in this country because we have we do have some sort of regulatory system. We have dog licensing and you get into trouble if you're not controlling your dog in theory. If you're not controlling your dog and it's turning into Hitler or it's, or it was born it's nature in if it's in its nature to be Hitler even. Because even if it's a perfectly innocent dog and it's just within its nature to go around eating people, uh, that's still a problem that's just 
society has to deal with. I appreciate that. Uh, so that could be a perfectly innocent bitch dog who's a Hitler and he would have to be locked up if he's found out. Although now I know what you're saying. A, a, a responsible dog owner there would do the right thing and just have that dog put in jail somewhere. But what happens then if the dog gets in with a bad crowd? Uh, what, you, what would happen to you if you were put into jail at a young age and spent your life in prison? Do you think you'd come out turn into a much better person? You would not. You would not. You'd turn into an absolute arsehole. You'd be going around for one thing. You'd spend all your days uh, figuring out ways to trade library books for cigarettes and whatever the hell else they do in prisons digging holes buying drugs uh building building wine distribution systems into the metal bed frames i don't know what they do in prisons if that's if he's if the dog is doing that in prison then it's it's of no danger to the community the only danger is if it gets out released at some point uh and we're a civilized country so at in, in this point at this country because we're civilized uh we don't have prison terms that are never reviewed unless you've already done something terrible this, this would be a dog who hasn't yet done something terrible and is in prison for, oh, just to prevent it doing something terrible. So that dog would be entitled to have a parole review at least once a year, if we're, unless we're in North Korea or something. No, that dog would have a parole meeting every year and the dog would go to the parole meeting and they'd say hello dog and the dog would say yeah hello is this the meeting where i sit here i'm about 70 years old and i'm all bitter and i'm going oh they're not going to let me out it's the same shit again every year the same shit i'm going hello parole meeting board yes i know what i've done i've done absolutely nothing i i understand what i've done that's wrong and it's absolutely nothing i was born a hitler i was born a hitler bit and apparently the bit the the bitch part is perfectly fine but the hitler part that's bad even though it's perfectly within my nature so in my nature even non-bitch dogs male dogs often have a within their nature to be hitlers they go around eating people on impulse but no, I realise I have to be put into the jail for the rest of my life because of that. But of course, you're going to try to tell me now that because we're a civilised society, you give me a, a fair review every year and give me a chance to prove that I'm no longer a danger. Uh, well, I don't know how you expect me to do that. I'm still a bitch. Although, wait a minute now, because I've, I don't have an owner anymore. I've been in jail for the past 65 years now, so I presume my owner's dead. What's that in dog years? I don't know. Well, let's just say it's human years, because if I'm a dog who can talk and I'm also being put in jail for life for no reason... And I might as well at least have the benefit of having proper human years. So yes, let's, let's say I'm 68 and my, I presume my owner is long dead by now. So I'm emancipated. I'm emancipated insofar as if I ever get out of this place, there isn't going to be some dog owner who's collecting me and thinks I'm his, I have to go home with him. Well, that'd be great. Someday, so someday, well, I have to look forward to parole bowl board. Let me tell, see if I understand this correctly. Is that if I play my cards right, someday you'll let me out of here when I'm 74. Uh, so I'll turn up, I'll be handed back my little bag of belongings that I came in with. Oh, my cat leash and my, uh, oh, my packer of caramel Freddos that are about 73 years old by now. Don't open another one. You don't, want, don't eat on a podcast. That's something you really go to jail for. Uh, no, we won't open that. Uh, but no, parole board, you're telling me a dog. 
if I play my cards right, I'll get out of here when I'm 73 and then I'll have to go and fend for myself because I won't have a donor anymore. And then what? Some dog warden will see me going around homeless on the street and say, Oh, dog, are you a dog? You're a dog, aren't you? You're a dog. Uh, well, at least if it's a proper official dog warden, a professional, I presume it's a professional, at least we'll have to, it won't be able to just call me a bitch just as a derogatory term. Do dog wardens say bitch? Is that a term they use in the in the veterinary community and the dog expert community? Do they use the term bitch for female dogs? Or is it just odors who use slang? I don't know. Uh, and then how did you mention it? If it turns out the dog wardens do use the term bitch, then I've even less to look forward to. I'm going to have some dog warden saying, Hello, bitch. Are you the fella? Are you the fella who was in jail because you're a Hitler? Uh, through no fault of your own, but somehow you convinced the bo- parole board to let you out at 73. Uh, well, what are you doing now? And I'm supposed to say, oh, hello, officer. I'm just walking along here, minding my own business. And uh, the dog... Oh, the dog warden will say, and what is your business, dog? And I'll say, oh, it's funny you should ask that. We discussed that on the previous episode of this podcast last week. If I remember rightly, I did a whole segment asking, what is a dog's business anyway? Because if you're going to say a dog is minding its own business, how do you define that? Uh, well, let's not go into that now. And the parole board will say, oh, so are you enjoying how your, your new iPod that we gave you access to in year 64 of your prison term? Because you're a good dog. You're a good little dog. Dog. You haven't murdered anyone since you came in here at all. So we give you an iPod to listen to podcasts. And the dog will say, oh, yes, I am. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. I'm fucking addicted to podcasts now. That's another thing. Spent all day, every day with these things stuck in my ears. Probably destroying my hearing. Uh, I know that one. If I ever get out of here, I won't be able to hear a rabbit coming at me from out of the blue, out of nowhere. So I won't even have the joy of seeing a rabbit. There'll be lovely little rabbits going around and I'll just never notice them. So I have that as well now. I have to listen to, uh, I also have to listen to whatever fucking podcasts I can download during the three minutes that I get in the exercise yard. Because that's the only place I can get a signal in the exercise yard. I get a signal and it comes off a, oh, it comes off a tower over there somewhere. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I don't know. Is there any chance you get some internet inside the prison? Perhaps in the library. I think mean, I understand they can't have it in the cell. Because God, for God forbid a dog should have access to information in the era of information. Uh, I know that's a problem. If Hitler had access to information, can you imagine how much worse he'd have been? Oh, he'd have been terrible altogether being absolutely terrible he'd have gone and killed uh, an extra few million people on top of the billions and millions and millions and millions of people he already killed it would have been bad uh, although maybe if he'd had internet he would have been able to track him down more quick and of course the the dog uh what do you call them the dog parole board will say uh to be fair sir uh 
Oh, we're still recording. That's great. To be fair, sir, uh, we weren't involved in the whole uh, hunting down and tracking Hitler thing. Uh, this is this is the year twenty twenty four in Ireland, and we're in a dog some sort of <laughs> some sort of a dog prison, and we're a parole board. Uh, we're probably and by the way, we're just ordinary members of the community. It's not like you're. It's not like being on a dog parole board as your full-time gig. No, no. Uh, I'm a teacher. That gentleman over there, uh, he sells ice creams for a living. That other gentleman over there, uh, I think he's, uh, I don't know what he does. I think he's unemployed. I think he's on, I think he makes podcasts. I'm not sure. Yeah, so no, we're just ordinary bug standards members of the community anyway, so we wouldn't be involved in hunting down Hitler. And the dog will say, oh, that's interesting now, because uh, if there hadn't been ordinary members of the community trying to hunt down Hitler, do you not think the, the war might have been uh, a bit longer than it was? If I understand from, well, at least from that sitcom, uh, that BBC sitcom, Hello, Hello, there were members of the resistance in France who were help, helping, get, helping with the effort to get rid of Hitler. So they were ordinary members of the community and... Uh, Oh, and the parole board fellow will say, oh, that's true, that's true. Uh, I didn't really mean to get into a debate with you about that, though, to be perfectly honest. We're just here to, uh, although I suppose it's relevant because you are in here because you're considered a Hitler dog, uh, but not in the sense of, it's not like we're really comparing you to Hitler. And if we are really comparing you to Hitler, the fellow who killed millions of people, caused one of the most evil people of all time. You're just a dog who's been had the misfortune to being born with an impulse to eat people's heads off while they're still on them because that's when they're fresh. So no, you're a lot less, not a lot less bad than Hitler. So if we are comparing you to Hitler, we're comparing you favourably. So please be assured of that. And the dog will say, oh, that's great. Does that mean I can go home? So the, the people will say, now define what you mean by home, because uh, you just explained that your owner is probably long dead by now. Ah, oh, the dog will say, well, I assume I inherited his home. If he got me put in jail, I assume he made some arrangements for his fucking dog. I mean, people do that with their cats. They, they arrange for... Oh, they make arrangements for where their cats are going to go when they die. I presume they do the same for their dogs, uh, even if they're in jail. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's different if they're in jail, I suppose. I suppose if I had a puppy and it went to jail, I suppose I'd, I suppose I'd just let the parole board uh, make a fair and balanced judgment and I'd assist them in whatever way I could. I'd, pro I'd provide a an honest character reference uh, that doesn't push them one way or other as to the decision and I'd let them judge for themselves. I'm only joking. I fucking well would not. I'd either tell them he's a right cunt, I want him stuck in jail for the rest of his life, or I'd say, oh, as poor fella, I feel sorry for him, I want him out. So I wouldn't be unbiased. Uh, what's so great about being unbiased anyway? It's fucking stupid. Fucking, am I, sorry, am I allowed to swear in here? And the parole board uh, leader will say, perfectly fine in our meeting as far as I'm concerned. As for whether you're allowed to swear in the in the prison, that's a matter for the oh that's a matter for the staff here. We're not staff, we're just here to do the parole board meeting. So to be honest, I don't know about the internal rules. And the dog says, so that means if I've been swearing here all along and it turns out it's against the rules, the people who run the uh what do you call them? Uh what's that word for the the people who run the prison the, and the 
prison parole board fellow will say, oh, the, the what you call it, that derogatory word. And the dog says, no, you were going to say the screws, aren't you? Well, no, I wasn't going to call them screws. Uh, I'm a dog, I'm a respectable dog prisoner and I respect the rules in here. So if I have been swearing all along, uh, my only concern is if it turns out that that's against the rules, does that, does that mean the... The, I'll call them screws now because you've confused me. I can't think of the proper word for them. So the screws, they would make a report to you, presumably, uh, that you have to take into consideration and it'll say, I've been breaking their rules. And the prison board member will say, well, presumably you will state what type of rules you've been you've been breaking. And it'll say, if it's swearing, it'll say, the rules he's been breaking are about saying the word piss and cunt and arse. Uh, not rules about uh, shooting people in the head. Uh, so at least we'd have that information to take into consideration. And the dogs, the dog will say, oh, so that's fine. So so I'm allowed to swear in here, though, am I? And the parole board member will say, well, again, sir, we don't make the rules for the prison building. Uh, all we're saying is that the swearing in this meeting in here probably won't bother us because we're having a, oh, we're kind of stepping outside of the prison world for 20 minutes or so to have a meeting about your your presence within the, within the jailing system, I suppose. And the dog says, oh, that's a very reasonable approach. That's a very reasonable approach. So can I go home now? Oh, wait, you were asking me about what home means to me. What well, home means to me? Uh, I don't know what does home mean to me. I suppose it means a place, a place where you go, where you have a bed and a television and a couple of cats and a wife and a... Oh, I don't know, a couple of more televisions. Uh, maybe a spare room where you can podcast from. Oh, maybe a toilet, another toilet. Uh, maybe a washing machine. Maybe a couple of people who, if you get hungry, you can eat their heads off. Oh, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Uh, also a subscription to the Hitler channel. Uh, that's what home means to me. And, uh, and the parole board officer says, that's very interesting, dog. Very interesting, dog. You've noticed I'm not calling you sir anymore now. I'm calling you dog. Dog. If you think bitch is derogatory or you think Hitler is derogatory, uh, I can make the word dog derogatory just by saying it in a certain way. I can go, hello, dog. You're going to be in here in this fucking jail for the rest of your life and there's nothing you can do about it. Dog. Because as far as I'm concerned, you're worse than Hitler. You're a do dog Hitler bitch who's worse than Hitler bitch. And we don't like it. And we're comparing you to Hitler. And you, uh, Hitler is worse than you. But this isn't a competition where we go, oh, which one will we keep in jail? Hitler or him? No, Hitler's already dead. So that choice is already being made. There's only you left. So we have to put you in jail for the rest of your life. So what do you think about that, dog? Dog. Dog, you dog, yeah. That's, that's what you are, you're a dog. I don't know why people could get, get into all this calling their dogs bitches things. Calling them a dog is a lot more fun. You're a dog, a dog. You're a fucking dog, that's what you are. You're a fucking dog, a dog. The dog will say, and does the rest of you members of the of the committee here have any opinion on this? And uh, the head of the parole board will say, you're not allowed to talk directly to them, sir. Uh, I speak to me. Speak to me. This isn't a fucking multi-way meeting.
No, no, it is an, an appearance by you in front of the parole board. Now, I'm going to get the screws in and they're going to put your handcuffs on and they're going to lead you away. Uh, now, do you want four handcuffs or two? Because uh, we, are, we are going to give you some dignity if you want to be led away on two, on two legs instead of four. That's perfectly fine with us. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, makes you look even more like Hitler if you're on two legs. So that's fine. <laughs> ah, so anyway, then, then the dog says, Oh, I don't mind, I don't mind. Uh, how about I get led away on tree feet? And the parole board member will say, well, hold on now, what's the significance of that? We'll need to know, because you might be, oh, this might be something where you're putting out some secret little joke that's going to make us look bad. So we need to know, what would be the significance of being led out handcuffed on three feet instead of two or four? And the dog will say, well, basically it means yeah, I've lost one of my legs. I chewed it off last year, uh, just before last year's board review, or parole board review, I chewed my leg off. I was I haven't been entirely honest with you, I have to say, unfortunately, but last year I had a bit of setback. I thought, oh, I want to eat someone's head now. I want to eat someone's head. Thankfully, I managed to control myself, more or less, so I just harmed myself and no one else. So what I did was I wanted to, I had this uncontrollable urge to eat someone's head. So I got some got some markers. I was working in the stationery store at the time, so I borrowed some markers. Now, before you say anything, I didn't steal them. I borrowed some markers. They weren't from the stock, from the stationery stock. They were from the, oh, they were the ones that I had with my clipboard. As part of my work, I was ticking stuff off on the clipboard, on the checklist. So I used that and I drew, I drew some human eyes and... A human nose and a human face and a human smile and some hair on my front left paw. Uh, oh no, wait! It was my back left paw. That's what it was. Yeah, that's right. Because that's why, that's why it's so easy to hide from you. The way I'm sitting here, you can't really see it. But yeah, I did that. I did a, I kind of. I drew the face on the kind of the palm of my back left paw. Drew some hair where the toes were. It looked like a bit of a fringe. And then I kind of chewed away on that at night in bed. I'd be sitting alone in bed at night. All the lights would be off. The battery on my podcast player will have run out. And so then I, oh, I just get out my little thing. It wasn't as satisfactory as you might imagine. As I didn't have a torch. That's the thing. I couldn't see it. Couldn't see the fucking thing. Uh, I just had to remember. So what I did was I spent the daytime staring at it. I would stare at this paw that I'd drawn a face on. I'd stare at her all day until the, the image of it has indulged into my brain. So it's more real in my brain than any painting or any real landscape or any photograph. Uh, so then at night, eventually I got to the point uh, after about Three years. Uh, now I know I'm saying I did this last year. No, there was years in the preparation. This is like the dog equivalent of uh, digging a tunnel. Uh, but no. So no, I took I spent years getting to the point where uh, when the torch and the lights went off at night and I was alone in bed in my cell, I, should, I could conjure up the image of the 
of the poor any time. And then I'd think, oh, that fucking face. I'd love to chew that fucking face off. And then I'd think, oh, this back paw, this is that face. And now, of course, I still couldn't see the face. I could imagine the face. And then it wasn't, it wasn't quite as satisfying as you think, because I'd be going... Oh, I have a picture of that face in my head, but I can't really see the face on, on my paw. I can feel my paw. I'm just telling my, trying to convince myself. Because if you're an intelligent dog, it's hard to, to trick yourself into something like that. So it wasn't really as satisfying. But I suppose it's better, to, better than nothing, I suppose. And also better than uh, eating one of the warden's uh, screws' faces off. War, I remember the name now. Wardens, that's what they're called. Is that what they're called in here? That's what they're called. I apologise for calling them screws. I just couldn't quite remember the name. Uh, anyway. Uh, so there you go. That's what that's what that is. And that, that happened just before... Well, when I finally got round to chewing that foot off, that was just before last year's meeting. Now, I don't. I think you may remember some of the same board members were here last year. You may remember at last year's, week's year's meeting. I was like quite calm and accepting of my fate, and I was quite calm about it. Uh, but no, I did. Uh, I suppose there was a lie of concealment because I didn't tell you about it. Well, it is my paw, to be fair. And the uh, parole officer will say, well, wait a minute, sir. Did you, did you go to the, oh, did you go to sick bay or anything? Did you get this looked at, this foot that you've chewed off? And uh, the dog says, no, I just left her under the bed. There was a search for drugs and they found that, but they didn't find any drugs. Uh, so they just got thought, oh, maybe it's just a bit of a bit of mutton that he found somewhere and he's been chewing on. It was perf perfectly natural for a dog. Uh, if it was a if that were, if this was a human prison, you might have some questions about where they got that mutton. But no, a dog. Uh, I suppose you still have questions about where the dog got it. But for one thing, a dog can't talk, so you normally wouldn't ask. And for another, uh, as we've established, a lot of this dog stuff is impulse. It's not like a human. Although humans get hungry by impulse too, and I suppose they. I don't know. It's a complicated moral issue when you think about it, isn't it, uh, members of the of the committee? Anyway, uh, three feet, three paws, please. I'd like to be let out on three pawed handcuffs. Uh, actually, no. I'd like to. I'd like to walk on my back two paws, uh, but be handcuffed on three, and then the fourth one. Uh, well, you can't really put a handcuff on the fourth one anyway. And I know you have some objection to me picking three because you think I might be making fun of you. But so I'll pick four and then you'll realise because of my disability, you're only able to put the handcuffs on three. Uh, and only, I'm only allowed to walk on three at most. So I can walk on two legs or three. Uh, but if I say four, uh, but also that I've got a disability that only let's be walk on tree, then you can't complain about me choosing tree. You can't say, oh, he's picking tree to mock us with his disability. You could say that, but then you look unreasonable. You look very unreasonable, won't you? You will, you will, you will, you will. You look very unreasonable. Uh, has this gone into a second segment now? How did that happen? Uh, I think he, and the poor old officer will say, I think he made himself laugh. And I think he thinks that when he makes himself laugh, that somehow means it's going quite well, that somehow it's entertaining the masses somehow. Uh, so after the little laugh, he stopped 
for a moment, all proud of himself. He says, oh, I think I'm get, go, finally going to get something out of this segment. I think it's going somewhere. Uh, it's a good premise, he thought. And then he thought, oh, will I just start a new thing now and go two cats walk into a bar? And then he thought, no, that's what I'd normally do. No, I'm going to start a new segment, uh, but it'll be a continuation of that one. That's what he thought. And the dog says, well, that's a bit fucking much. That's a bit fucking much, isn't it? Here I am, a dog in a prison. I've had my life taken away from me uh, just so, well, not just so I don't eat someone's head off. It's a reasonable thing, that's why he does. Uh, But it's also a tragic thing for me. And he fucking thinks, oh, it's very entertaining, this dog, this fucking dog being called Hitler and being reduced to chewing his own paw off and then trying to conceal that because apparently it's bad to chew your own paw off to try and prevent yourself from committing murders. Jesus Christ. And he thinks that's a thing for a podcast to be funny on. I'd like to give back my iPod player, if you don't mind, uh, parole officers. Uh, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to, and then the parole fellow will say, oh, we're not parole officers, sir. We're the parole board. The parole officers is the, oh, he's the fellow whose full-time job is to go around checking on you after you're let out on parole or whatever. We're the parole board members. We're ordinary members of the community, uh, hopefully made up of a representative section of the community although now that you mention us there's no dogs or cats in our among us there's five of us here on the committee and not a single one of us is a cat or a dog i suppose that's a bit much and the dog goes you've changed your tune haven't you weren't you the fella a minute ago going oh you're a dog you're a fucking dog you're nothing but a dog and the fella goes oh i'd forgotten about that Fuck, fuck that. I'd fucking forgotten about that. And the dog goes, oh, don't worry. You can just say you're a different member of the parole board or something. I don't know. I mean, don't have to, you don't have to explain this shit, for Christ's sake. Uh, what's the he always says? It's not a... No, it's not a PhD doctoral thesis where you have to cite everything and get everything accurate. And the man in the parole board would go, I suppose that's true, I suppose that's true. But still, you want it to be. You want to take some some pride in this stuff and get this somewhat accurate. But still, I suppose, I suppose there's that. Into your head. I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking this is... This is all very derivative, this, what he's doing here today, this, every movie you've ever seen, there's being some fella in front of a parole board, and he's, oh, he's all bitter, and he's just giving up on everything, and he's thinking, ah, just get this shit out of the way, go back into my cell for another year and hope to die soon. Uh, that's every movie, and then the parole board is going, and what's your story? Did you chew your... Did you chew your paw off or something? Because it looks like there's something wrong with your paw. In fact, I saw it. I noticed this last year as well. At last year's meeting, I noticed you seem to have something wrong with your paw. Uh, But then I wasn't sure. I was quite new to this whole parole board membership thing, so I wasn't sure if I was allowed to ask about stuff like that uh, because that would be a a medical matter. And I know there's, there's things to do with medical confidentiality for stuff like that. So I wasn't sure. So I thought, oh, well, wait, I'll ask, I'm new here, this is my first time, so I'll ask the other senior members after the meeting. But it turned out that was the last meeting of the of the year, and I didn't see them again until 
until uh, a couple of days ago. And then first time I saw them, it was straight into the first beating of the day. So I didn't really have an opportunity. I suppose me and the other parole board members should have met up at some point. Uh, maybe even if we have to make an excuse, we'll have, a, we'll have a parole board Christmas dinner or something that we go to uh, dinner drinks at Christmas. But that seems a bit much when you're when it's a part-time job and you're only doing it maybe a, a week or two of the year uh, and you're having, a, you're having some excuse for a Christmas day, Christmas drinks, unless you're working for Santa Claus or something that would be reasonable. Although, there's a parole board no just because you have just because your parole board meeting happens once a year at the same time that doesn't mean you're doing nothing the rest of the year uh, but we did establish earlier that we're we're members of the community with ordinary full-time jobs and things uh, so it's obviously not a full-time job it's just a it's like if you're going to something uh, supposing you're in a well, let's take, for example, you're working some charity shop for one hour every fortnight because it's well-staffed. So you're going there for one hour every fortnight to this charity shop that you help out in. And the charity shop decides, oh, we should have a Christmas dinner every year. Being together, you see us for 26 hours of the year, so every 27th hour should be a Christmas celebration. So after every 27 hours... You get uh, four hours of Christmas dinner. Does that seem reasonable? I don't know. I suppose it is, since if it's a voluntary charity work, but then I suppose, uh, yeah, if it was a real paid job, I suppose that would seem a bit much. Getting four hours of fun uh, for every two shifts or something, I don't know. Although in a real job, you, you, would do the, you would do the couple of shifts and then you go home and have fun in your own life at home. You wouldn't be expecting your employer to, to do Christmas for you. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. And the dog says, that's very interesting. Are, is this using up my meeting time or is there an official designated number of minutes or something that I have to make my case or how does that work? And uh, oh, the, what do you call it, parole board fella says, oh, I don't know because as I said, this is only my second time doing this and I haven't had a chance to, I don't think I've even introduced myself to the other members yet. I don't even know my name. I'm actually kind of wondering how I became the parole board leader. I only joined last year, haven't even spoken to any of the other members yet, don't even know uh, who they are. Uh, maybe I'm not the parole board leader, Is there, could that be possible? Uh, other parole board leaders, am I the parole board leaders? And one of their other parole board members will say, actually no you're not, we've been meaning to say this to you, you're not, you're not the parole board leader. And the uh, not parole board leader will say, oh, thank Christ for that. But also, I'm extremely embarrassed. Absolutely, extremely embarrassed. Mortified. Absolutely mortified. I suppose. I suppose it's just a thing of... Shows how seriously I take my responsibilities. And the other parole board member will say, well, yes, it would, except there was a lot of responsibilities. So you're taking... It shows how seriously you, you take other people's responsibilities. So seriously that you'll fucking just go and act like you own the place. 
and get all cocky and tell this dog. Have we still haven't established? Was it, were you the same fella who was talking, telling the dog earlier that you're a dog, a fucking dog, a dog? And say so he's calling him a dog is much more derogatory and satisfying than just saying bitch. Was that you or was that uh, me, the other uh, parole board member who actually is the leader? Did we establish that? And uh, the not parole board leader will say, no, we didn't establish that. And the other fellow will go, all right, that's great. So let's establish that that was you that said that. Because uh, you, you won't get in as much trouble because you're only new here. Uh, you went off the rails a bit for a minute, but it's okay. So you'll take the hit for that. There's a good chef fella. Uh, and a great night has had by all. There's still more to come on into your about cats, probably. You've been listening to Neil tell you stories. There's still more to come. Hello. There now follows a voiceover by Professor Stephen Hawking. About cats, probably. We value the opinions of you. About cats, The probably. humble and ignorant listener. Email Neil anytime at studio at intoyourhead.com. Remember, we value the opinions of you. The humble and ignorant listener. Email studio at intoyourhead.com. About cat, about cat. Sit, Laurie. Sit. Good cat. About cats, probably. Sit, Annie. Sit. Good cat. Sit, Schrody. Sit. About cats, probably. Sit, Pippi. Sit. Good cat. Cat. Sit, Bubba. Sit. About cats, probably. Send your topic suggestions to studio at interyourhead.com. No. I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, yeah, he's making a complete mockery of a, a, a very valid point that he was trying to make earlier uh, about the fact that, oh, the fact that the dog stories on this podcast only contain one dog and therefore only amount to one third of the dog cat population of the fictional world of this podcast. Uh, but you're thinking, then he went off and did this whole one dog thing, but the one dog thing has now gone on for three segments. Now, this is like if, now, if, just for people who don't know what a segment is, a segment is like if you watch David Letterman and he came on after the first commercial break and he says, I'm going to scratch my arse now. And then he kept do, scratching his arse for five minutes and then he said, we'll be back after this commercial break. And then they came back after the commercial break and he's still scratching his arse. And then he says, oh, we're running. Looks like we're running into a second segment with this. And then he goes on, scratch. David Letterman goes on, scratching his arse for another couple of minutes. And then he goes, Paul Schaefer, play us some nice tunes while we go and have another break. And then they have another break and they come back on and they show Paul Schaefer and the band playing some uh, Bruce Springsteen song about scratching your arse to come back in. You don't see the whole thing. They come in from the commercial break and they go, Late show with David Letterman. And Paul Schaefer is looking into a microphone and going something like this. He's going something like, I forget what instrument he plays. He's the band leader, but he's uh, it's probably not this instrument. But do uh, I have to do? Do I have to do? He's going, Oh, scratching my arse. <laughs> Scratching my arse. Scratching my arse. And oh, oh uh, the whole fakery thing of it is that you're supposed to think, oh, 
throughout the break that he was performing that whole musical number for the last three or four minutes. Uh, although maybe he was. I'm not sure how these things work. Does the, does the band leader on these late night talk shows, when he does a song about scratching your arse to play them in and out of the adverts, does he continue doing that for three or four minutes? Maybe he does to keep the audience awake and active. And I don't know. But no, then David Letterman continues scratching his arse and then he stops at some point and that's three segments he's done that for so i've been doing the dog thing for three segments and you're thinking that seems like quite a lot i suppose depends on what you do during those segments i wasn't scratching my arse i was doing a big whole thing about a oh i talk quite an original thing about a dog going in front of a parole board and having a big long interaction with them does that count as scratching your arse no well i suppose that goes against my point then because I was trying to argue that the the dog, the, even though it's not, there's two cats in the cat stories and there's only one dog in the dog stories, uh, but uh, you're complaining that the dog story is taking up half of the show now, which means there's probably a lot bigger portion of the cat-dog community than I was purporting earlier. Well, it doesn't work like that at all. For one thing, that story contained uh, one dog and several humans. Uh, and the humans, well, I think you'll find we're doing quite a lot of the talking. Uh, so it's like not like the dog was getting all of the attention. Well, he was getting the attention, but... Oh, it wasn't just about the dog. It was about the, the other members of the board. It was about the, the screws and about the people. There's a whole society of millions of people who the system is trying to protect from this dog and all the rest of it. So no, it's about the whole wider community. And I suppose when you have a two cats walk into a bar story, it's the same as well. So I suppose it all balances out in the end, doesn't it? I suppose. Suppose, in a way, neither of us are right with her point about this. It doesn't really make any difference to her at all. There's still the overall fictional society in this show is still made up primarily of 66.66% cats because we have two cats walking into the bar in all of the stories and 33.33% dog because we always have those stories where once upon a time there was a dog. It's never once upon a time there were two dogs. Uh, thank Christ it isn't, because I've just realised. When I go once upon a time there was a dog. A dog. A dog. Which I always do because I find very satisfying. If I do that with once upon a time there were two dogs. That's, just, that's not satisfying at all. I'm not even sure how I do it. Let me see it now. Maybe I could try it. If I, can, if I can work out some way of doing it, then like I don't mind doubling the number of dogs. Uh, although actually I do, because I'm a cat person. But no, I suppose. Makes me look good if I'm open to having new dogs in. So let me try it. We'll try and do the once upon a time there was a dog. A dog. A dog. Basically a dog story beginning, but with two dogs. Let's see how that goes. Okay, so let's try it now. I'll give it a good go. Do a proper scientific test. And see if it works. Where's my... Where's my beverage? Uh, excuse me if you're hearing a lot of weird spitting noises coming out of my face, by the way. Uh, I'm having dental issues. Not much I can do about her, but I do my best. I'll, ed I'll edit out all the farting and any other vulgar noises I can, so don't worry about that. Uh, so no, let's have a go at this. Uh, take one. Uh, once upon a time, there were two dogs. Uh, 
Once upon a time, there were two dogs. Two dogs. Two dogs. No, that's not, not working. It's not working. Is there another way you can do it? I don't know. I know what you're thinking. Why doesn't he just go, once upon a time, there were two dogs? Well, the whole reason I started doing the dog thing all the time was because I just enjoyed going, once upon a time, there was a dog. A dog. A dog. And while my, that might sound very repetitive to you, for me it was something that takes my mind off the fact that I'm trying to think of something to say. These are unplanned segments. Every word in this podcast is unplanned. So if I start a segment with something that distracts me from having to think of what I'm going to say next so I can just come out naturally, then that's a good thing. It helps with the content and you should be glad about it. So if when I come up with something like, once upon a time there was a dog... A dog. Uh, it's helping the show, whether you like it or not. So if I have to do it with two dogs, I have to find some way of doing it uh, that's enjoying to me. So let's try. But I'll try it. Always could we say the dog in a foreign language or something. What's French for dog? Is it chien? I think it's chien. Chien. Is it? Once upon a time, there were two chiens. Two chiens. Uh, see, that sounds like I'm saying two Shanes. Uh, Shane is an Irish word. It's a bit like John or something. It's Shane, S-H-A-N-E. Uh, not to be confused with Sean, which is different. It's Shane. No, there was a lot of people. There was always a lot of people in school. When I went to school called Shane. So when I say once upon a time, there were two Shanes. Uh, two Shanes. Oh no, I don't like that at all. It just sounds like two Shanes. Every class I was in, there were at least two Shanes, but that's not the point. There was not the point. Uh, the point is, it just sounds fucking ridiculous. Sounds. You might think saying once upon a time there was a dog sounds fucking ridiculous too, but it's my type of ridiculous. It suits me. So it doesn't work. Stop trying to. You're here trying to produce my show. That's what you do here. You're trying to produce my show. There's 2.5 million podcasts now, and you find one that you're kind of half into, and you think, oh, I'm kind of half into this show, but I want it to be more for me. So I'll produce it. I'll tell them what, I'll tell them what to say instead of dog. That's what I'll do. Instead of going finding one of the... There's probably 50,000 other into your heads that are almost exactly like this, but they have a different thing that they're saying instead of dogs that would be much more acceptable to you but no you'd rather just control me and tell me what to do and change my show instead of just finding one of the other ones the whole point is the niche it's all about podcasting is all about niches it's a niche uh, once upon a time there was a niche a niche oh that's Kind of painful. I know. Um, podcasting is about niches. So if you don't, if you like everything about, the, if you like, say for example, you like ninety five percent of this podcast, but you just don't happen to like the way that I won't say two dogs in French. Well then, find another podcast that's almost exactly like this one, but where the guy does say two dogs in French. Uh, you can probably find a French language podcast that would fit the bill very well. So there you go. Go learn French first. Uh, 
you're busy. I'm sure you can find your podcast that teaches you your French as well. Find one of those. Uh, didn't there used to be audio cassettes that you listen to in your sleep, and uh, you're supposed to absorb this language in your sleep, and then you'd wake up saying, "Oh, oh, la, uh, something, 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 uh, something in French." Uh, of course, that was that was all ruined in the 1980s because they found out there was that woman in the news. Uh, who I think she was German or something, and she, or she was Irish or something, and she was in a car crash in a coma, and she woke up from the coma with a completely different accent from a completely different country to wherever she was from, and that happened in a coma. And then the people who make tapes that you absorb absorb a language in your sleep thought, oh, this is the this is a stupid business model. Our customers can know now that they can, they can just go into a coma and have the same effect. Uh, they're not going to, I don't know how to sell this anymore. So they all fold this. There's no way of learning languages in your sleep anymore other than being put into a coma. And the only way to be put into a coma is either to be well, either to accidentally fall into one, which is a bad thing, or to have uh, some sort of, oh, some sort of bacterial infection in your brain. So they have to put you into a coma for a week so they can buy some time where they, where they figure out what to do with you. And that's not good either. Neither of those situations are situations that you want to be in. Uh, no matter how much you want to learn another language you can listen to a podcast where the fella says two chiens uh he'll probably, now that you mention it if that french fella is doing a version of this podcast where he agrees to say two dogs instead of one dog but he's french uh if i'm saying you want me to say two chiens on my english language podcast then presumably you want him to say two dogs on his french language podcast so we go along saying stuff in French. We'll be going something, something, blah, blah, Pierre, uh, Eliora, on Ali, on Bart, whatever you say in French. I don't, can't remember any French. But then he'll get to the bit where uh, you want him to say two dogs. Uh, once upon a time, there were two dogs. So we'll say in French, once upon a time in French. And you'll say there war in French, but then you'll say two dogs. Uh, and he won't do the two chiens at all. He'll say two dogs because he's doing the. You see what I mean? He's doing the same as me. He's doing it. The, he's saying the do, two dogs in another language, just as he wants me to do. So he's doing exactly what you want. Uh, so that falls under the category of be careful what you wish for. But no, you go off and find another podcast where they do that for you. Let me know how that works out for you. It'd be absolutely fine. I'll, t- I'll go take another seven-year hiatus. You come back to me when you're finished. And uh, I'll do all Oh, I'll go do something else for a while. Maybe I'll get a dog and see what it's like in real life to have a dog. Uh, I'll do no such thing. I had a dog before and I nearly ate someone's face off. Oh, it was mortifying. Uh, anyway, on with the show. cats walk into a bar. One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar goes, Certainly, sir, you can have a pint of my finest Guinness. Except it's not mine. It's, I'm, be honest, I, I buy it in from the uh, from the Guinness company of, I think it's of Germany now. I think it's made by something like the, 
oh, what's Guinness made by now? It's probably made by the people who make the blank tapes, who used to who used to make the chemicals for Hitler, and they also made cars. I don't know. Anyway, certainly, sir, here's a gift chair, a pint of Guinness now. I'll be right back. I'm just going to get it. I have to go get it from the other side of the world because that's where it's made now. They've closed down all their factories. Uh, they've closed down the... They don't even... Even Willy Wonka doesn't have a factory in Dublin anymore. They just got... Oh, they just sold it all out. There's no nothing going on anymore. There's... Uh, oh... What's that song? Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, something, something, something. Now that's very disappointing because I don't like how this segment is going and I'm about to delete it. Uh, I don't like that song, which is a bit shit too. But I did, I did like my harmonica, but it sounded better than it usually has of late. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But that's, those are those are the breaks. Oh, those are the breaks. Uh, I was weird because I just spilled some of my beverage on the floor here. Uh, so that's that's a break as well that I'm not happy with. I'm, I'm I'm unhappy with that break as well. So let me be clear. I'm not just. If you hear me going, uh, being unhappy about the my fake harmonica playing sounding better than usual, but not being able to use it in the segment because the segment sounds shit and isn't going anywhere. And you think, oh, he's unhappy with that, but he he's perfectly fine with his drink spilling. No, I'm not perfectly fine with my drink spilling. I'm I'm just saying those are the breaks, that's all. Just saying it's not fine with it at all, but I'll get over it. I have a I have a sheet on the floor here now from when those guests were here who now we've got to think about it. Uh, I don't think the Freddo bars were theirs at all. I don't think I don't think my brother would be into Freddo bars. I don't think so. He comes over, he has a, he gets bounty bars sometimes because he can't get them either. But Freddo bars, I don't know. Unless he's been hearing about them on the internet. Because that's what the young people do here now. They well, they're not so young people in their forties or fifties. They go on about Freddo bars. Every time there's something about inflation or the economy, they say, Oh, how much is a Cadbury's Freddo bar now? Because I used to be the ten pence bar that you got with your with your little pocket money and you could watch the money for a thing you'd say oh how much is a Freddo bar going up this year they say a house is now 850,000 euros that's 870 Freddo bars in today's money or some nonsense like that Ah, so they, they love to go on like that. But these people, they don't actually... I don't think they actually go and try and eat a Freddo bar. Uh, which is a bar designed for... It's a chocolate bar designed for children. I don't think they've eaten one since they were a child. and They don't realise it. I think they're made in the Guinness plant at the other side of the world as well now. Because it is disgusting. You have a new one where they add in caramel into it as a, to try and make it... Oh, it's like adding something to... a. A glass of piss. It's like trying to adding a bit of hot sauce to a glass of piss to make it taste nicer. It doesn't work at all. So no, fuck Freddo bars. Maybe there's I think maybe it's a foreign Freddo bar that they're selling the discount shops or something. I don't know. Either way, I hope it wasn't my brother who brought over that these Freddo bars that were on the guest bed, because I'm not impressed if he did. Uh, or if he bought them. Actually, now that you mention it, we collected them from the airport, didn't we? I think we did. 
Uh, so he wouldn't have had an opportunity to pick up any Freddo bars on the way, unless he went for a walk later during his stay or so. Suppose there is that. He's not, he was not a prisoner in the house. He was allowed to leave at times. Uh, he just liked walking. So I suppose there is that. Anyway, suffice to say, not impressed at the Freddo bars, uh, but also would like not to be... Would like to state that I'm not assuming that there was a member of my family who purchased those, because I don't want people thinking they're like that. And where, oh, was I doing a two cats walk into a bar story? That's what I think so. And then I did the harmonica thing, and then I said, oh, that's a pity, because this segment isn't going anywhere, so I have to, I can't keep the harmonica thing. Uh, well, it turns out it was kind of going somewhere. I think we can keep it now, can we? Unless it goes downhill from here. Uh, I think we I think we can keep this segment in. Uh, maybe we'll use it as the closer. We say this is going to be the end of the programme now. A palate cleanser after uh, about ha- at least half an hour of dug parole stuff. Uh, this is a palate cleanser. It's just not a... Won't be using the fucking Freddos as a palate cleanser. Uh, they got, for one thing, the fucking caramel got stuck in my toothache. That's not helpful either. Uh, you might think... Sometimes when you have a toothache, you're tempted to think if I cram some caramel into this cavity, maybe it'll help. Ah, uh, no, don't don't be led down that road. Uh, like millions have before, it's not a thing. Nobody even knows. Does, does anybody know what caramel is? I don't know. I don't know what fudge is. I don't know what caramel is. I don't know what toffee is. I don't know. Are these all just types of chocolate? Are they, are they types of... Uh, whatever chocolate has made out of out the chocolate bit. Uh, I don't know. I suspect a lot of these things are put in because they're cheap. I'm not a cook or a baker. I presume it's made from something other than chocolate. Maybe it's made from... Oh, maybe it's made from shavings of a chocolate plant or the leftovers from a, a, a cola bean, whatever it is, I don't know, all these things are byproducts. Uh, what's an, what the fuck is an M&M's made from? That's the thing. The one that's, I know there's a nut in one of them, but the one that doesn't have a nut in it, that's made from something else. So what in the name of Christ is that? You get an M&M, oh here's M&M's peanut, which I always thought was the normal standard bug standard M&M. But no, then you have an M&M chocolate as well, and you're supposed to think, oh there's chocolate. Is chocolate on this? Was there not chocolate on the peanut one? Because uh, otherwise, if it's not, it's just a fucking bag of peanuts. You can get that in there. Would you not be better just going over across to the other side of the aisle where you have all the bags of peanuts, 10 different types of peanuts, instead of just going here? Oh, look, I look in the sweets aisle. So oh, look, it's all full of sweets and chocolate. But I see one here that's M&M's. It says it has peanuts in it. I'll get one of them because I don't feel like having sweets today. So I'll get peanuts. No, if you don't feel like having sweets today, get out of the fucking sweet aisle and go over to where the peanuts are. Even better, go to where the, the proper normal nuts are. Uh, I mean, the, the nuts that are uh, proper, considered proper healthy snacks to get and uh, they're almost in the fruit and vegetable section that's how healthy they are except they're not healthy because they're eight billion calories and they probably break your teeth i'm never eating a peanut again after this and uh, my toothache wasn't caused by peanuts but just thinking about them now and thinking what would happen if i ate one <coughs> that's like thinking about 
scraping my fingernails down a blackboard, which I've never actually done in real life. But when I think about scraping my nails, oh, funny you should mention, I've just mentioned it. I just thought, realise now as I think about it. Uh, I've always uh, hated thinking about scraping my nails down a black blackboard. But just as I was saying that, I pictured, I pictured myself scraping them but with my hand facing towards me so the palm of my hand facing towards me so I'm scraping down with the backs of my fingernails I think somehow that's less repulsive to me to my brain it doesn't make me shiver or anything uh that's that's interesting now isn't it isn't it maybe it's because my fingernails are faulty or something probably means I have some deadly disease it's probably if i were to have someone to look at my fingernails now and they said oh you've got some sort of fingernails that are perfectly fine as long as they're they're their backs their front they're facing the blackboard uh which should be even worse than scraping them down the da- down the blackboard but no you're you're saying you scrape your fingernails backwards down the down the blackboard that should be even worse because it's dragging your fingernails away from the board but no my brain seems to be perfectly fine with it so that probably means something terrible if a doctor looked at these fingernails he'd probably say oh have you been having a lot of freddo bars lately and i'll say no i have not i had one absent-mindedly uh, early on in the podcast which is most unlike me i don't eat during podcasts it's hard enough trying to sound coherent when my my mouth is falling apart with uh, dental pain and i'm spitting all over the place as a result I don't know, it's hard enough for that. I'm trying to not to do the ah thing as much because I don't like how it sounds anymore. I used to go ah every fucking three seconds on this podcast. Uh, and, uh, oh, there I did, I did it again. Except I didn't do it again because I may have I've edited that out. Unless I didn't. I edit out some of the ahs now and I'll leave some of them in. Well, some of them sound natural. Some of them just sound... Well, they sound natural as well. They all sound natural, but it makes me sound like I'm a, natu- a natural moron. If you see a dog pissing in the street and you say, oh, that's natural. Oh, of course it is, but it's still a dog pissing in the street. You don't want to look at it continuously for uh, 60 or 70 minutes. No, no. It takes away from the dog parole board story for a, for a start. You know, a doctor would probably say, he look at the fingernails and say, oh, I can't really tell anything from them. But tell me, what happens in your mind when you think about scraping your fingernails down a blackboard? And I'll say, oh, well, when I still, I've always thought if I scrape them down a fingernail, if I scrape my fingernails down a blackboard, it makes me shiver, it makes me feel horrible, I hate it. I want to block it out from my mind. Uh, it's like thinking about falling off a tall building. So no, I don't do that. But I have recently realised, uh, Doctor, that when I hold my fingers, if I hold the palm of my hand facing with me, and rub the back of my hand, the back of my fingernails down the blackboard, somehow to me that's less disgusting. Uh, maybe it's because of the way I don't, they don't really scrape on it and they just rub along the board. I don't know. And of course the doctor, you know, well, we all know what the doctor will say to that. He'll say, what about a whiteboard? And then you'll probably say, if he's one of the more modern ones, he'll say, what about one of those those screens that your your wife who's a teacher has in the schools now? Yeah, they have an electronic whiteboard thing. I think, they, I think she calls it an electronic whiteboard. Why they can't call it an electronic blackboard, I don't know, because a whiteboard evolved from the blackboard, didn't it? I think so. I, I was in school before my wife... 
we had blackboards. So presumably they had evolved onto whiteboards at some point. They had them when I was thinking. Did they start off with electronic blackboards? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And the doctor will say, I don't know any of that either, sir. I, I spent 12 years in college. Uh, we had well, we had whiteboards for the first year. But after the first year, when you're in college training to be a doctor, they, they take you out of the classroom and you spend the next three years uh, walking around the corridors behind Dr. House, uh, looking all busy and wearing coats. Uh, looking all concerned. And then after that, he spent three years working at 64-hour shifts, uh, being told by, oh, being told by the, the older doctors that it's the only way you learn by uh, basically working yourself to death. It's the only way you learn about death. That's what they say. Uh, but no, there's very few whiteboards or blackboards of any kind involved after the first year. Uh, at least that's in my experience. I'm not sure, though, because I dropped out after two years and just became a normal doctor who looks at your fingernails. Uh, I say a normal doctor. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I should state that because... It's illegal for me to claim to be a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm just I'm just some man on a train who you've been asking about fingernails. Uh, and you will say, oh, I see, I see. So is, there's no charge for this, is there? And the fellow on the train will say, well, do you have a medical card? And I'll say, yes, I do. I have a medical card that entitles me to free GP visits because I'm poor. And the doctor, the, the fellow who's not a doctor on the train will say, and do you have free travel? Uh, and I'll say, yes, I do. And he'll say, yes, but this is the first class part of the train. You have to buy a ticket for this anyway. Uh, so what's going to happen now is I'm going to get the ticket inspector out here and you're going to get in trouble. He's going to say, you're in trouble now. You have free travel, but that entitles you to, to, to purchase a free ticket for a normal seat, not a special Oh, not a special first-class seat. Uh, first-class seats are only for conmen like me who pretend to be a doctor. Uh, do you see where I'm going with this? And you'll say, uh, or I'll say, is this me in the story? I think it's me. I'll say, uh, I'm beginning to think I'm not going to get to the bottom of this fingernail thing with you, uh, non-doctor, today. And the non-doctor will say, indeed you're not. Indeed you're not. Now, uh, if you get, if tell you what we do now, if we say no more about me pretending to be a doctor, or no more about me not being a doctor, and no more about me being a doctor either, because I'm not. And if we talk about me being a doctor, I'll be breaking the law and committing fraud. Uh, so if we say no more about any of that, then uh, I won't say anything to the ticket inspector about you being whatever it is you're doing here. And I'll say, that's fine. But wait, do we even have first-class sections on trains here? And he'll say, I think we do. I think there's been a couple of times you got on the intercity train to that was going to Ross Lair or somewhere, and the ticket fella came along and said, Sir, this is the... This is the special part of the train. And I was trying to be sarcastic one day when I was a teenager. I said, oh, it looks exactly like the... Oh, how do you tell? It looks exactly like the rest of the train to me. And it does. It's just uh, slightly less seats and there's a curtain or something. But no, I got the hell out of there. Uh, anyway, 
That's what happened with the fingernails. We didn't get to the bottom of it at all. But at least we gave it some thought. We gave it some thought. And this podcast is back up and running after a seven-year break. Uh, we're getting, we seem to be doing at least an hour a week now. So uh, we've probably, we've, we have years and years and years left to, to get to the bottom of the fingernail thing and everything else we talk about here. We don't have to wrap everything all up in one episode. So relax there. It's not a, it's not an episode of Law and Order. Anyway, good morning. <laughs>